Hey friends, this is Heather, Mercedes, and Micah, and today is the episode you've all been waiting for. (laughs) We're going to be talking about therapy and all of the feelings, which is a lot of feelings that come with that topic. So welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. All right, ladies, therapy, right? Therapy, yes. can't, can't live with it, can't live without it. I feel like within the Down syndrome world, besides IEP, there's not another word that conjures up all emotion, good, mm. bad, indifferent. Um, I have so many feelings about therapy. I have new moms reach out to me all the time and they want to know about therapy. And as we all know, I've got opinions, so I share those. Um, but it's something that everyone does differently. And I don't mm-hmm. think there's a wrong way or a right way, Correct. but we feel passionately about it and it yeah. kind of, it has the power to kind of take over or not. So we'll talk about that and what comes to mind. Let's just go there guys. What comes to mind with therapy? I think about the amazing therapists who've been in our life. I think about how if our feeding therapist hadn't been working with ACE as hard as she did, that he might still be breastfeeding for every liquid intake in his life. <laughs> and I'm really thankful for her work in his life. Huge. That's huge. Um, talk, talk, tell us more about that. I didn't um, breastfeed because I adopted all my kids. Right. I, I could have. It's a whole thing there. But I, I chose yeah. not to be that mom. So tell me more. Oh, well, so, you know, Ace, as with most kids with Down syndrome, it's difficult for for newborns to latch on because of the low muscle tone. Bottles are a lot easier. So I I worked really hard to get Ace to a point where he could latch on and breastfeed. That took about a month. So he was drinking from bottles of like expressed breast milk. And then he was finally able to breastfeed and was doing it like a champ. And we went on a vacation, maybe like he was three months old, four months old. And on that vacation, I was like, I don't need to pump and put this in a bottle anymore. Like not on this trip. It's too hard to carry my pump, blah, blah, blah. And we come back from this trip and he would no longer take a bottle. And so that was at four months. And from then on until a, I guess he was almost two. Um, he, he finally learned how to use a sippy cup and a straw cup at, in December. So he turned two in April. So, you know, 20 months, uh, he finally learned how to use a cup. And, but he was unwilling to use a bottle before that. So I had to breastfeed him for like four to five times a day in the middle of our life as he was a big, big boy. Uh-huh. And, um, and so I had planned to breastfeed him until he was two. That was my goal, but not for every drop of liquid intake uh-huh. he had. Right. And that got really hard. That is uh, hard. Because I just could never leave. I could okay. never be without him. Was he eating some foods, just not yes, drinking water? Yeah, he was eating. Not- he just wouldn't drink water. Okay. Yeah, he wouldn't drink from uh-huh. any kind of cup. 
Yeah. And so this therapist came in and what, what was therapy like? Um, well, she, (laughs) no, no. I mean, there was nothing about breastfeeding in therapy. It was just like helping him learn how to use a cup, you know, just working and working, working and providing different opportunities for, for cup use and straw Mm -hmm. use. And we did, uh, you know, the thing that finally changed his life was her introducing, cause he had been eating solid foods since he was six months old, but, uh, but just, yeah, just not drinking from anything. And she brought out chocolate milk with the straws, you know, like the little tiny straws. Mm -hmm. And she was also an oral motor therapist. So she was working on getting him to use a straw. And, um, so she could squeeze that chocolate milk in his mouth with the straw. And eventually he learned how to form his lips around it. And that was when everything changed for him. And he started wanting to drink that chocolate milk and being willing to drink from a straw in that context. And then the more that he did that, the more he would like let other cups up to his lips. But before that, he was so against those things coming close to him. So, uh, Yeah. I mean, miracle worker, Mm -hmm. I feel like. And the way that she helped strengthen his, his lips and his mouth. And, um, I, I just think in the, she used talk tools and I feel really thankful for all of those things and Mm -hmm. what that has done for his, you know, he's, he struggles to grow and every gift that she gave me of helping me figure out the foods that he will actually eat and why, and, so I feel like I understand him so much more than I would have. Hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. How often did she come? Once a week. Okay. And like an hour. Uh huh. An hour once a week, and yeah, she introduced uh, foods that I never gave my other kids. Like uh, mm-hmm. he started eating. He loved nuts from early on, and he learned how to crunch them. And those have always been like the thing he'll eat if he won't eat anything else. And, and she showed me how to introduce like other crunchy foods because he is really into crunchy foods and beef jerky. Mm-hmm. I had beef jerky the other day in his lunchbox at something with some other moms. And this other, this mom was like, I have never once thought about giving my kid beef jerky. And I was like, our therapist, I just, you know, all her ideas. Yeah. I tried all the ideas and these are the things that stuck and these are the ones that he loved and so we keep it going. Oral motor therapy, yo. Yeah. Yeah, so Mercedes. what Yeah, what comes to mind for for you Mercedes? I feel like I've gone through the roller coaster of therapy. So in the beginning, Sunny is my first. So I mean, I was all about all the therapies cuz we had nothing to do all day. But <laughs> therapize ourselves. So. Therapize. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was really, really fun. And it was really neat as a first-time mom to learn, to just really dive into learning how to best take care of sunflowers. So early intervention that first year was huge. And it was just a lot of fun. And it was a great way to meet other moms who had children with or infants with Down syndrome and I'm still good friends with all of those mamas mm-hmm. today. So early intervention was amazing. It was also amazing because my school district offered early intervention in home. So for 45 minutes every week, we had a, um, 
a lady from our district come and work with Sunflower. And she was with Sunflower all the way up until Sunflower was four. And she was our favorite, Mindy. Um, And then as time went on and we introduced Rhodes, um, who came 18 months later, um, therapies began to be harder. Um, Just like making sure to get there on time, teaching my newborn baby how to breastfeed while holding my 18-month-old as well who didn't know how to walk yet and needed to be at her appointment by 9 a.m. You know, that it just began to be a lot. So, like, those 30-minute therapy sessions were now, like, I'm not going to show up to any therapy unless I have an hour. Like, I remember specifically going to my doctor, my insurance bawling being like I can't show up to anything that's only a half an hour because I'm already going to be guaranteed 10 minutes late and then Sunny's got to warm up and then I'm trying to nurse a child change a poopy diaper while listening to this therapist show me my at-home homework uh no there's no at home that's why I brought yeah. Sunflower here. But <laughs> anywho, so he's like, okay, no problem, as he sees, like, a really worn-out mom. So all my therapies for Sunny were always an hour. Um, yeah, so as time went on, too, and you pick up more therapies, and um, I just found that I, – I, okay, so anywho. So therapies started to get harder as I had to – take more children to them so then Shepard <laughs> came along too <laughs> and so I mean children. Rhodes and Shepard are really amazing waiting room children like they know how to wait in a waiting room and they're really good at it and um while Sunflower goes to her therapies but I've just started to realize because I'm in Orange County and there is a lot of opportunity for therapy around us that I had to actually cut Sunflower's therapy back because she wasn't having any time for typical experiences, such as ballet mm-hmm. class, such as a gymnastics class. Not a special needs gymnastics or ballet class, right. but with her peers in a sweet ballet class. Like, I was missing that opportunity because of her two hours a week of PT, two hours a week of OT, two hours a week of speech. You know, it's a lot. And so, and and so that was a season where I'm like, it's okay to stop certain therapies because I want to give Sunflower physical therapy in a different way through ballet and gymnastics. So, um, I just feel like, and now coming out of that, having Sunflower in a TK class, (laughs) having her see her specialist, Terry Brown, who's really been wonderful in building up Sunflower's confidence in reading and writing and uh, math. I just feel kind of like I'm starting to rethink even having having Sunflower in speech therapy, OT, and PT. And Mm -hmm. um, she's riding a tricycle. She loves to run. She runs really well. She loves to climb. She's fearless. So I'm feeling like, do I spend time doing that or do I spend time exploring soccer? Because she is one of three. So I can't just be driving everywhere for her. So now I'm having to choose how am I splitting our time as a family, not around Sunflower, but right. giving to her, but then also having roads and stuff that she has to come along and sit out and watch him. So as I, as things progress in our family, 
therapy is very fluid. Sometimes I'm all about it. And sometimes I'm like, we need to skip it. And we need, this is a season where we're starting to kind of dwindle down from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. It totally does. I, my experience was a little bit similar, Mercedes, because Mason's also my oldest. So yeah, those early days, we had like six hours a week. I'm like, yeah, this is great. we got nothing else to do. And even like the mundane of those early days, when you have one kid right. and, you know, you're like, it's only noon. Totally. <laughs> what, what are we going to do the rest of the day? Oh, a therapist is coming. And we had lovely, lovely Same. therapists in our home. I mean, her physical therapist was very dear to us. And I'll never forget Mason working so hard to sit independently. And she's 10 months old and she's sitting independently and having that therapist like celebrate all of that along with you is exciting and fun. And, um, and we were doing regional center, which we have here in California provided therapy and then our medical insurance did. So with Mason, yeah, we had almost six hours a week that we did therapy and it's like, this is what you do, you know? And then, and then more kids come. So kind of similar situation. And, um, I feel like Mason is the kid who really can benefit, who I think can benefit from a lot of therapy. Um, but it's also like this catch 22 because she has to be motivated to do it. And so what we're doing is exposing her to everything that's hard for her Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then asking her to do that for an hour. And, um, Mason's just not the kid that's like, sure, I'll try this hard thing. Mason's the kid who's like, yeah, I I can't do it one time. I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. not going to try again. So then therapies, depending on what we're doing, become like a battle mm-hmm. and having to like prep her, you know, like when we get to this place, you're going to behave this way or this way, or we don't do this or we're not going to run or whatever it is. Um, and then that becomes exhausting. So we were, we did talk tools for a while with Mason, but she just wasn't motivated. And, and that was exhausting. You know, and yeah. so then it's like, what's the point of all this? And yeah, Mercedes, like you said, the at-home homework. Right. You guys, can we talk about that for a second? Literally, they give us five minutes a day to do. Oh, 100%. They're like, you chew this tube 10 times. Right. Why can't I not do that every why day? Can't like, I do why can't I do that? Why do I lie to their face? Life. Why do I lie to their face? Okay, awesome. Okay, five times. Did I hear you right? Okay. <laughs> Done. So Done. good. And then what? you go the next, like, how is your homework? Oh, it's so, all, it's crumpled uh, up in the passenger seat of my, of my car. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Totally did that. No, it's hard. <laughs> I oh made God, dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. <laughs> she looks so cute in her outfit <laughs> and I'm dressed. Okay. And she's in your class again. <laughs> so. You chew the tube. <laughs> You chew the stupid tube. <laughs> Ten times. Bite that bite block. Ten that times. <laughs> too hard. Well, it's too it is, hard. It's a different thing, I think, for me. Because oh, I have these older kids who were already in school when Ace was yeah. born. And so I was... And Ace is the I, baby. There's something about the, the baby. babies. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Sunny's the and oldest. It, She's got to shape up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Chew the tube. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, I, here's, here's the, the story of my feelings about therapy and the time is that I really felt like to do this, I am, 
I had just written a book a year before Ace was born. I felt like I was on a path with my career. Mm. I felt like I knew the next steps I needed to take. I even had like a second book deal. And oh, and wow. I and I uh I tossed it. I tossed the book deal. Um <laughs> and that was a really hard choice, but I knew that I couldn't do therapy with Ace and also write this book. Mm-hmm. And and so it was really helpful for me to hear from a couple of other people of like, oh, they they somebody they knew who had a kid with Down syndrome, like stopped working and stayed home full time. And you know, I was working only fifteen, twenty hours a week, but it was the time when that ended up being the ten to fifteen hours a week that I was either at the parent infant school with ACE or we were in therapy and um and so it was a it was uh, the mornings with ACE were packed with therapy because I wouldn't plan anything in the afternoons once the kids were home so I would do therapy with ACE in the morning then kids come home and you know run them around to all of their things all afternoon um and yeah I felt super exhausted and at one point I said I said to someone like I, I think I was at a party and there was another woman with a child with Down syndrome um, her first and and another friend who was saying like wow you guys must be so exhausted and you know do you think about like what you need to drop or like what therapies you shouldn't be doing and and there was a response that I had to really think through when the the other woman said, well, this is what your kid needs. You just push through and you get him every kind of intervention while you can. And and that made me feel really unsettled. I uh. I had to think a lot about that. Like I already was feeling so exhausted and I felt like the friend who was saying to me, hey, maybe you should take a break and rest a little bit. Um, I felt like that was what I wanted to hear. And then the part of me, you know, the mom guilt of Mm -hmm. like, no, I get him every intervention now while I can. Um, And yeah, that question of, do I really, is that really what's best for him? Um, Because maybe the best thing for him is to sit and read books with me or have play dates with his friends right now. And um, I think it's a tricky, tricky question. And, and, our society in the same way that we don't know how to rest and we mm-hmm. don't know how to go to bed. Right. Um, like we can transfer all of that over to our kids with Down syndrome right. and say, how are we going to win this? You know, like we're winning with our careers or we're, you know, proving to everybody that we're amazing. And now we're going to prove it through this kid. Like let's sign him up. Mm. Let's push him through. Yeah. I feel like um, the time that I feel the most, uh, pressure to do therapy is when I'm comparing my kids to other kids. And I know in my head that's not healthy. And I think my experience is a little bit different because I'm raising two kids with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So Mason now is nine and August is four. And it is such a different experience as you would expect, right? With right. Kids, you have different kids have different experiences. But because they're both placed into this setting of early intervention and we have to do all these different things. And I did so much more therapy with Mason than I ever did with August. And August is talking like it's his job. Like Mm -hmm. his speech is incredible. He's potty trained. 
he's doing all of these things. I mean, he's surpassed Mason even as a 10 year old. Um, and he's had at least half the amount of therapy at, as Mason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what are you doing? And people will say, who's his therapist? Like, who is he going to for speech? Like, well, he doesn't even, I don't know. He's getting it at school like twice a week, you know? And like before that, I'm pretty sure the fact that I can't tell you that person's name, you know, like says something. <laughs> <laughs> and Mason, I was, I like exhausted it with her. Um, and that our, our kids are going to be a little bit, they're going to be who they're going to be. Right. And so I'm constantly questioning, like, what are my motives for therapy? Um, is it so my child is more like other children or is it so my child can be their best version of themselves? And if that's my goal, then do I need therapy for my kid to be the best version of themselves? Um, do I need to be doing behavior therapy? Do I need to be toting my family around? Like, is my child, if, if I think therapy is what will make them their best version of themselves, but my family suffers, is that going to be helpful? Because right. can they be their best version if they're a part of this family unit that's suffering because we have no time for each other right. or for ourselves because of therapy? I mean, it's like, it's such a delicate, intricate, nuanced thing. And therapy. if I can add, Heather, what was yeah. hard for me is there was a time in therapy where evaluations are constantly mm. happening and, okay, testing and... And sometimes I was fine with like, oh, you know, kind of because they need to also for insurance purposes as well. They need to address all the issues so they can keep letting you know why you need the services. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, there was just like a moment where I was just like, OK, you know her well. So I know this test, even if she's not doing well that day, you can kind of speak into your overall knowledge of Sunflower. But. I don't know, just, I just have this new thing of like, okay, I'm hearing a lot of negative without the positive, without the positive, because we need to always address the negative. And so some, for me, I kind of felt like I was like, okay, hearing that, but then having to digest it. And then also then like, know my own truth of like, but this is what she is doing right now, which Mm -hmm. is not any speech related it's not pt related or ot related but it's what she's working on right now that she's excelling in you know so i always was it it felt like between doctors and therapies it felt like sometimes my own mommy intuition would be getting like kind of foggy Mm. because i not like with roads it's like me and andy really raising roads because he doesn't have down syndrome with sunflower it just felt like so many people were helping us raise her you know and it kind of would bother me sometimes because then i would have to shift through all their suggestions all their know-how and then my actual day-to-day life with sunflower knowing my daughter being her mom and following what was best for her so i think that's also too is why in this season, her being for almost five, um, I'm just kind of starting to trust myself more and feeling like, okay, we're going to take a break on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, right now it feels fine. And we love where we're at with Terry Brown. I feel like for us right now, that's enough. And now I want to pursue AYSO soccer with her, you know, maybe doing um, young athletes. Special Olympics young athletes, like 
now saying no to those things opened my eyes and my mind and my energy to saying yes to other things. Does that make sense? So that's the battle. And with therapy, oftentimes they're one-on-one with an adult. And for Sunflower, that was really kind of taking away from the desire I have for her to be able to play with her peers, not to always seek after an adult, but Mm -hmm. to play with her peers, you know? So that was another big reason as to why I'm like, we need to cut back on therapies that are one-on-one with adult and do more play-based stuff. Yeah. 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 I think that, um, there, but there is a lot of good to therapies, right? Like it's something that we do. And like going back to that idea, am I doing this so my child is their best version of themselves or because I want them to be more, want them to be less down syndrome or how, I don't know how to put that exactly. But with, there is that idea of like working memory and memory muscle and, or muscle memory, however you want to say that, I don't know the right right way. And with like my Mason that she needs, she needs more input. She needs someone reminding her she needs the practice she needs to be shown the same thing over and over and over and over and over again for it to click. Um, and, and I don't know how to do these things, you know, like, right. like you were saying, Micah, with the feeding, you, you're not trained in that. Right. And that these experts who really do, I think the majority have a really deep love for our kids and that, and this population. Um, and they really mean well, cause they're doing a good thing, but it's, yeah, it's, it can be, I don't know, you guys, that's my last sentence. No, well, okay, I, you're, it's good. And we, I was just talking, I was just with my mom's group today. I love my mom's group. Yay, we could, oh, mom's uh, group. They've been with me since August was a year and a half old. Oh, um, that. that's yeah. really awesome. We were just having a discussion today about how things are not always black and white. Right. And sometimes you got to do the deep, hard work of going down to the roots. And that's a lot of the work of motherhood where it's not like, is therapy good or bad? But it's Mercedes saying, hey, I have these dreams for Sunflower. I want her to be on this soccer team and I'm going to have to say no to this so that I can say yes to that. Yeah. And and it's it's holding that tension right of like no it's not that more physical therapy is bad it's just that i'm going to say yes to something else right now for her right and and listening to our intuition as their parents that right. there are things we know and it's really hard to make those calls yes but there's a moment and i find this all the time where i've got to go down real deep to the root and say yep this is the direction we're going. And I know it because it's deep down in the gut. And and I know what my kid needs, even if it feels like a loss. Or even if, you know, everybody else is saying this is a really good thing. And, and yeah, we've, we have, we are so lucky. And to live in a society where all of these options exist for us so and there are experts yeah. who are willing to, and 
you know, even just to have insurance or to have mm -hmm. systems set up like the regional center who is, yeah. you know, all of those things that people want to intervene. And we know that that intervention does does great good in the lives of our kids. And 100%. then we also we also have to see where where that's breaking down for us and yes. and be honest and um, and make hard choices. Yeah. I love everything you said, Micah. I can I can see though the I can think of two instances that are on either end of someone I know who has a child with Down syndrome who did very little therapy and from my perspective which it, I don't want to be judgmental, and I'm trying not to be in all of life, but I'm watching thinking, I, I really think he needs like some physical therapy, you know, and she's just not doing it. Um, it's like, well, he is who he is, which is kind of how what I lean towards. But even then, I'm like, no, I really think that, yeah, so what's, what are you doing for therapy? Like he was little and really nothing's happening. And then I know a mom on a total opposite end where it's like, always like, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, we just went to speech. And then we went to the uh, like behavioral therapist and, uh, and her child is a little bit older and she's exhausted. And I want to say to her, just stop with the therapy, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and that they like seeing these two extremes and I wonder how to speak into that. And if that's even something that we can speak into, if people don't ask, you know? Oh, I feel like it's too scary to speak into, except for the one yeah. of saying, you know, it's okay to cut back on speed or on therapies. I think to tell a person to do therapy would be way harder than to be like, probably like back. offensive, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of offensive, but yeah, I don't know. I always want to tell people to cut back on therapy just because I have. <laughs> and then I'd be <laughs> like, good. Yeah. We're doing it together. Huh? Let's see how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I see Josh. He's bringing some agua. Thanks, babe. I need the charger, too, because the laptop's going to die. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, it'll reach. I've done this many times. I might have to switch it. We're being interrupted by Mr. Avis. He was in bed. Just kidding. He wasn't. I did. Okay. I do I, I'm say, usually in oh. bed by now, y'all. Oh, same. Dead asleep. Same. Usually. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock at night. You're listening to this whenever, but. I feel like a lot of my stuff has been negative about therapy, but I actually loved so much about therapy for Sunflower and how it really helped her was um, physical. Like we started physical therapy right off the bat. And like I said, she's a climber and all that. I knew exactly what kind of toys and equipment to buy her because going, because of going to therapists. Um, I knew Let's see, like about the honey bear, you know, like the talk tools, honey bear thing that yes. was yep. huge. And my speech therapist, Sunny, was still taking a bottle at like almost at almost three. I don't even know, maybe two and a half just to supplement. Um, and uh, she was like, I think we really need to cut that to help her with her tongue because Sunny's little sweet, cute Down syndrome tongue was always out. And yeah, so cute. And I know we got to so get it in. So cute. But, uh, I know. So bottles affect that. And so like literally she told me that and I was like, okay, let's kick this into gear. And we were cold turkey. I like to cold turkey things uh -huh. and <laughs> to straight to straw or, um, what are those 360 cups? So sippy cups mm -hmm. are kind of out the 360 yep, cup yep. is in 
or straws. And like I needed, I needed therapists to tell me that as a new mom, as a new mom to a child who needs extra care. So therapists are for sure amazing and spectacular. My thing is when it starts to be crazy for you as a mom so that you're not your best for your child and you're rushing your kid into the car to get them to the therapy. They don't have shoes, but you're supposed to practice putting on your shoes and you're supposed to make it a positive thing. (laughs) Um, That's when I say slow down and I'm going to be your person that says it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that conversation of your whole family health is really important. Whole family health. To have and to like check yourself on that and find a good friend that you trust who can speak into that when they're seeing you spiral out of control because it's really easy. Yep. Just by out of control. Yep. And as a as a old mom of an older kid with anxiety, I know all about mm. how my rushing from thing to thing right. and um and feeling exhausted affects the family and affects our own kids. I've yeah. seen mm-hmm. it firsthand. I I know what like I there was a point when I knew my life had to change and this was before Ace ever came along. But um, I think one of the gifts of of when Ace came into my life is that I was already on a new trajectory of mm-hmm. learning how to slow down and learning how to walk slowly and learning how to sing songs about putting on shoes instead okay. of the kind of mom that I was before when I was like, get the shoes on, get come on, come on, just push them in, get your, go sit down. You know, <laughs> no, we don't have time for you to put the seatbelts on yourself. And, right. and, mm-hmm. That's and real, though. That's, so it's real. So I still got to work on that. <laughs> Never. And it, and it makes a difference in, in, you know, you do it day in and day out. It makes a difference. It does um, make a difference. who your kids become and how they feel about time. Definitely. So. Um, what, are, what are your kids doing currently? Both people. Go, Mercedes. What um, are you so therapy, currently, or like other things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So currently we are in speech two hours a week. So she goes, um, Monday, Friday, and then she sees Terry Brown on Wednesdays. Um, and that's it. So, and who is Terry Brown? You Terry, Brown Terry Brown. So happy to learn. She, um, has an amazing program, all her own, um, also taken from, uh, who's the girl that she, I'm not too sure. You go on her website. So happy to learn.com Terry Brown. She's worked with, um, four year olds all the way up to like 30 year olds with down syndrome, reading, writing math. Um, wow. she's lovely. Amazing. She's amazing. Um, we should have her on the podcast. You guys, yeah. yes, she would love that. She's like a down syndrome guru. She doesn't even really have a title. Like I always call her specialist, but she's a thing all her own. So I love that. I always feel positive. And maybe that's my thing. I just want to leave a place <laughs> feeling positive. She doesn't test yeah. sunflowers. She just tells me how great she's doing. She likes to go there. And so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sticking with Terry. But we are actually going to cut back on speech and for the summer. I'm going to say no therapies except for Terry over the summer. So good. That's where we're at yeah. right now. Seasonal. Season. Um, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, for us, we so Ace's birthday was in the middle of April, and everything ended. And I've said this in a, um, the last podcast that it 
you know, we said goodbye to all of the early intervention therapists and to the class he was going to two mornings a week. And so we have had this sudden, like this is three weeks now, maybe more, that we are just home together. It's amazing. And the only thing that he has going on is uh, I found a private speech and oral motor therapist that we're going to for 30 minutes a week. (laughs) And so that's it. Um, He was doing a, a typical gymnastics class and we took a break from that. And I was thinking that we'd do swimming, but I've just been so happy having play dates and uh, getting, getting to like watch my friend's kids and have them come over. And um, I feel like I'm having with Ace what I have all these memories of having with August and Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, just like when we were home together and we, you know, do you want to have grilled cheese or a quesadilla for lunch? And <laughs> not just this lunch that I already packed the night before that we we're eating on the go somewhere. And he's going to take his nap in the car because therapy went all the way to noon. And yeah, it's, it's a beautiful moment. And I don't know what's going to happen next because I got a, I got some more IEP fighting to do. Oh, that's right. So, um, so I'm just going into the summer feeling like he's going to swim a lot. And uh, I learned a lot from the therapists while they were in our lives for a while. And he's got speech. And we're going to figure it out soon. That's so good. That's I love so that. Um, um, yes, Mercedes. We both said um. I know. Swimming is huge. It's a great one. Yeah. What did Dr. Sears say? Um at the Dear Mom Conference, everybody, <laughs> Heather, <laughs> of um, keeping active, staying yeah. active so that your brain can learn and keep all that great knowledge. So it's so important for our kids, um, whether young or older, with Down syndrome to stay active. You know, yes. they've got the slower metabolism, right? I am not a doctor, so I could be butchering this, so, but you sound like it. Just yes. own that. Oh. So I own it and gaining weight is super easy. So we just need to keep them active even at a young age. And really, honestly, learning for our children is going to happen their whole life as yeah. they get older. And as they get stronger, their words are going to be a little bit more clear. Maybe they're going to pick up a new, I don't know, um, what's it called? Not gift, but they'll pick up a new attribute, but I mean, they're just lifelong learners. So keep that in mind too. If you're like me who was like, okay, I'm going to speech for like five years. How come she's not talking? Like what's going on? Life learn, lifelong learners. Right. Right. It's that growth set, growth mindset mindset. versus fixed mindset. Exactly. I'm reading about this right now. Are you? What book? Yeah. Growth mindset. Oh. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> there's a, there's a, um, it's a big thing at our school. It's oh, a big really? thing right now. Uh-huh. It's a, yeah. there's a TED talk of this woman who did this growth mindset versus fixed mindset. It's, it's incredible, but it is this idea of not yet. And even like with Mason, Mason isn't writing. Mason is in ninth, ninth grade. Whoa. Slow not down. Quite. <laughs> so it's nine. She'll be 10 in June and she's in third grade and she is, still working on writing her name legibly, let alone anything else. So that that's it. Like you would say, Macy can't write the letter A. She's not going to write the letter A. And instead of thinking, well, Mason doesn't write. It's like, well, she just isn't yet. And she can learn that, you know, and um, that's that idea, that growth mindset 
support is phenomenal for all people. But I yeah. think that it's really good when we think about our kids with Down syndrome or anyone 100%. with Down syndrome. You know, right. they're just not doing that yet. Correct. Right. And yeah. they expecting and believing the best. I love yeah. that. We have all these quotes that I wrote down for August last year for homework time that were like, instead of saying, I'm bad at math, say, I'm going to learn some new you know, some <laughs> yeah, girl. phase forward in math, you know, um, I could, I could use a little growth mindset self-talk. Same. I could use some growth mindset for sure. So my kiddos, August, what does Augie do? He goes to preschool. And so in school he gets PTOT speech and then, uh, no, APE OT speech, AP adaptive PE, occupational therapy speech. And then we do one hour physical therapy outside and the district pays for that. And so we do that, but if they didn't pay for it, I wouldn't do it. And I'm often tempted to not do it because he does a good job. And then Macy Moo, we just started back up with talk tools guys. We did it for a little while. She wasn't motivated. I couldn't get my act together to do homework. So we just started back up and it's because she, she drools a ton. And we have got to figure out this drool thing. It just like got way worse. And so I'm hoping that we get everything strong in her mouth. And mm. then it, I don't know if any of that's really going to work. But we go for a half an hour a week. And then on top of that, she does a reading tutoring program once a week. And then she does once a month, she does a social thing. That's the best word I can think of, a social Like a social learning, skills group? Something like that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, and what's that yeah. through? I haven't heard of That's that. That's what's Club 21. Okay. Yeah. Club 21. Club, Club Fun. Friends Understanding Nuance. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> and it feels like an impossible thing, but I'm just going to say, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I barely Not impossible nuance. yet. Right. I had a therapist yeah. just, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. No. No, I was just going to say, and then at school, she gets occupational therapy, speech therapy, adaptive PE, but that's at school, so. What's Go adaptive ahead. PE? It's PE adapted for our kids. It's like physical therapy. It would be the equivalent of physical therapy once your kid's in school. Oh, okay. Do they yeah. stay with the class or they do their, they, it's a pullout? It's small. It's pullout. Okay, cool. Small group. Um, I had a speech therapist recently ask me if I knew about hippo, is it hippotherapy? Hippo. I always call it hippo, but it's hippotherapy, I think. <laughs> I and... the wrong girl. I call it all Hippo, I don't know. You guys call in and tell us. Right on the hippos. Um, <laughs> and um, this is right after she told me you know, what Sunflower wasn't doing and asked me if she's gotten tested for eye tracking. And I asked her, why do you feel like her eyes aren't tracking? She's like, no, but I know sometimes, you know, kids are tested on that. I wanted to get that info. And I was like, well, I'm not going to test her unless you think there's a problem because I ain't got time for that. And then yeah. she asked me if, about that therapy. And I said, that's all my dreamless therapy because it's so dang expensive and it's all my dreamless therapy. What is it? It's where they go on the horse and they horse feed it. the horse. Oh. And they stand e on e the horse. Equine, e equine therapy. therapy. No, it's not equine therapy. No. It's, it's different. Hippotherapy. It's different. It's for your hips. 
It's for your hips and your core and your core. <laughs> but isn't that what? Okay. Anyway, I'll find out. I'll do my research. You'll you'll find out all about it, and you'll just want to do it. And it's amazing, but it's so darn expensive. And my son Rhodes loves horses, and so I can't both have them doing it. So I again, yeah. I'm like, oh man. I get caught I'm between this. I'm like, I think Sunflower would really, really love it. And it kind of brings out their speech. And it's just a whole, like, awesome thing. A holistic. Yeah. yeah. But I can't. I It can't be another thing that my little dude's on the sideline watching. Uh-huh. You know? I don't That's know. I think about that. Because then down the road, he'll be in his own kind of therapy. You know? And I can't. A different, yeah. oh, too many therapies. Yeah. Someone just mentioned <laughs> asking if our kids... <laughs> If my kids do music therapy and I'm like, and then there's hippotherapy. I'm like, you guys, you cannot add kinds of therapy to the list of therapies. Especially we expect if I have to pay out of pocket. Okay. Music real. therapy should be somehow part of school stuff. I, my mom, I've told you all this. My mom was in deaf education, retired three years ago. And I, every time I went to visit her classroom, I would come in time for music therapy because it was the best part. Uh-huh. And they had like a vibrating floor. They would put the the keyboard on so the kids would feel it while they while the oh, music cool. therapist was playing the songs. So cool. So cool. There's amazing ways to intervene. Yes. And, and the woman the woman telling me about music therapy, she's like, I said, Do you work for district? She goes, Yeah, you can totally get this written into an IEP and the district provides it. So then that's, I'm on my list now. Added to the that's list. Yeah. Yeah. You got right. it. That's, we basically do music therapy at home with Mason. Like she's on the floor. Like I can't do anything. And we turn music on. <laughs> and, and she, she jumps up and runs out. <laughs> and she goes, whoo, I'm ready. And then gets ready. I'm like, just do it the first time. <laughs> that's our, our music therapy is to get Ace to eat. He has his, like the music toys sit at his high chair. And what? he doesn't get to touch them until he sits down to eat. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I just did a big yawn. Sorry about that, friends. Um, okay, we're going to wrap this conversation up. I think that here are my takeaways, and then you guys can throw in yours. Okay. <laughs> that we need to do what is best for us in the season that we're in. Mm-hmm. And that might mean a lot of therapy. That might mean no therapy. It might mean somewhere in between. That this is seasonal. Um, that we have to trust our mama gut mm-hmm. and that we know our kids and that we can't let therapy take over our lives, but it does have an important place in them. Yes. Totally. Anything Absolutely. you want to add, ladies? No, but I would I would love to hear from our listeners about this yes. stuff because I feel like everybody's probably got an opinion and got a good story. So mm-hmm. I hope that um, to all you listeners out there, if you have thoughts to share, that you'll find us on Facebook and um we can keep the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Yes. So look for us on Facebook at the lucky few pod and tell us all your therapy opinions and stories. And let's have some good dialogue there, friends. And you know what that brings us to? <clears throat> it's time- oh my gosh. <laughs> that brings us to good news time. We got some recordings of you and your good news. Hi, I have some good news. 
One of my dear, dear friends is a young lady named Hannah, and she's 19 years old. She has Down syndrome, and a couple of weeks ago, she graduated high school with honors. Um, and I'm just very, very proud of her and all that she's accomplished. Very thankful for your podcast and for all that you're doing for um, just everyone who uh, believes in the worth and value of, of people with Down syndrome. So thank you all very much. Bye. Hi, ladies. My name is Allie from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I just want to let you guys know that uh, my uncle, I was raised right next door to my uncle who has Down syndrome, and unfortunately, he has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, and it's been a very difficult time for our family for the last two or three years, um, but my grandma never had a community um, who was able to be a support for her um, while Todd was growing up, and um, but she, they just loved him despite everything, despite any criticisms or anything, and um, he's kind of been one of the first people with Down syndrome to live this long, at least in our area, so he's kind of a big deal with all the hospitals and with the therapies and everything that we're doing, and really after his diagnosis, there was kind of a point where he, you know, my my grandma felt very hopeless and um, confused and stressed out because she just didn't really know what to do and her heart was broken for the way, the lack of resources and everything for the Down syndrome community. And I found you guys, I found Heather first and have followed you guys through this whole podcast. And introducing her to this community has really changed her entire perspective. And she loves that there are moms who are stepping up for other um, moms and she just, all she wants from Todd's life now is for it to make it easier for the next mom. And um, I'm just really grateful for the um, light that you've brought into her life where in places that she's never really had it before. So you guys are our good news and I'm super thankful for the work that you guys are doing. Thank you. All right, friends, that brings us to the end of our therapy and all the feels episode. As always, a special thank you to our amazing editor and producer, Andy Lara, who is the king of the podcast world. Um, Please do not forget, when you listen, friends, leave a review on iTunes. I mean, you can leave any review you want, but especially the good ones. And go ahead and follow (laughs) us on all social media, at the Lucky Pod. Sorry, do that again. At the Lucky Pod. (laughs) wherever you want to find us but we will be at the lucky few pod and as always you can call and leave your good news with us through voicemail or a text 424-442-9147 and we are out of here friends i'm gonna go ahead to some therapy which is a glass of wine oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) that is my therapy uh Thank you for listening, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Lucky Few Podcast. Review our show on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all social media at the Lucky Few Pod. Subscribe on our website for ongoing updates at theluckyfewpodcast.com. Tell us about your good news by leaving us a voicemail or text at 424-442-9147. Our show is edited and produced by Andy Lara at andylikeswords.com. See you next time.